Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. Hey, thanks for joining in today. If you grew up in church like I did, David is one of the most well-known and recognizable people in the Bible. As a young lad, he gets anointed as Israel's next king, while the current king is still reigning. He defeats Israel's biggest threat, a giant named Goliath. Then David is promoted to captain of the king's army, and he does a great job. Matter of fact, he does too good of a job because as he's coming back from a victorious battle, the women of the city start singing and praising David's accomplishments more than the king's accomplishments. And as you can imagine, that didn't turn out too well, and King Saul tries to kill David. Multiple times, in fact. So David decides to run for his life, hiding in caves, even though God had promised to make him king. And one day, when he's hiding in a cave, King Saul actually comes into that cave. And David had the upper hand. He could have taken out the king right then and there. But he didn't. He successfully fought the temptation to get even with King Saul. He chose not to retaliate against him. He chose not to retaliate against him for all the wrong things that he had done to him. And this is the point where we applaud David. We look at him and think, wow, what spiritual maturity he had. But today, we're going to look at the ugly side of David. True, he was described as a man after God's own heart, but David had his downside and weak moments too, just like us. And what we're talking about today takes place in 1 Samuel chapter 25. And David finds himself in an unusual situation. It's the in-between time. He's been anointed as the next king, but he's not yet king. And the current king is trying to take him out. So during this uncomfortable period, David gets a band of misfits together and he sets up camp in the wilderness of Paran, which was an area where raising sheep was the main industry. Now, sheep farming tended to be a, a dangerous business in those days. Thieves would suddenly attack the shepherds and steal their animals. So the owners of the sheep farms would hire someone to protect their employees and their sheep. It's sort of like hiring a security company. Well, David was an experienced shepherd as well as an experienced military man. So he and his band of men worked to protect flocks of sheep. And one of the herds he protected belonged to a man by the name of Nabal. And Nabal is described as a very rich man who was harsh and mean and just badly behaved. And this guy was a ruthless business owner. Profit was all he cared about. So when it came time to shear the sheep, they would have a sheep shearing festival. Now, I know that sounds a little weird, but hey, we come up with all sorts of reasons to give parties too. Everything from selling Tupperware to watching the Super Bowl. So during this sheep shearing festival, it was common for the owners of the animals to set aside a portion of the profits that he made and give it to those who had protected the shepherds and the sheep during the year. And again, David and his men protected the shepherds and the flocks belonging to this tycoon named Nabal. 
And they did this not only because it was the neighborly thing to do, but they also needed to do some kind of work so they could feed themselves. And it's during this big celebration that David thought he would ask the rich man, Nabal, for a few provisions for he and his men. This, in essence, would be a much-needed payday for them. But Nabal responded, Who is this David? And why should I share my bread and my water and the meat that I've set aside for my own workers and give it to men that I don't even know? And Nabal was just a stingy man. He showed no common decency. He had clearly benefited from David's presence and protection, but he wasn't about to give any of his stuff away. And David was livid. Now, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Let's say, out of the kindness of your heart, that you decided to spend the afternoon mowing your neighbor's lawn. It's 85 degrees outside with high humidity. For our friends in Europe who are listening, 85 would be about 30 Celsius. So the lawn is now mowed, and you're now nearly done with raking and bagging the leaves, and you are just parched from working so hard in the heat. So you knock on the neighbor's door that you're doing all this work for, and you ask him for a drink of water, and he tells you to get lost, and he slams the door in your face. I don't think you'd ever want to do anything kind for that guy again. And this is where David found himself. He was so mad. He got a large group of men together. They armed themselves and started journeying to Nabal's home. And David planned to kill Nabal and all of his working men. Now, we can understand why David was mad. He feels like he's been ripped off. And that's a horrible feeling. And it's happened to all of us. But remember, this was the same guy who had showed such restraint in regard to King Saul. David actually felt guilty for even cutting off a piece of Saul's robe. But now, David was so angry that he thought nothing about destroying not just Nabal, but anybody associated with him. I mean, he was ready to do it. He got 400 warriors together and was heading full steam to Nabal's house. Well, thankfully, word of this business deal gone sour reached the ears of Nabal's wife, Abigail, and she is described as sensible and beautiful. And when she hears what's going on, she gathers up a bunch of food and sets out to go meet David before he gets to the house. Long story short, God intervened by sending an unlikely hero. Abigail was the agent of grace. She met him just as he was about to come out of a narrow canyon. She dismounted her donkey and bowed low before David. She addressed him as Lord, as if he was already the king of Israel and not some no-name ruffian as her husband had treated him. So she talks with David and calms him down. And she tells him that she knows her husband is a fool. And she turns on a light bulb for David. And he realizes that killing Nabal would be a black mark on the rest of his life. She doesn't tell David that he has no right to be angry, but rather she urges him to control his anger. Because when he becomes king, 
He did not want this senseless slaughter on his record, nor on his conscience. And David listened and accepted what she had to say. Now listen, David's anger almost led him to murder. Now, according to some recent statistics, the average man loses his temper six times a week. The average woman only loses her temper three times a week. Women, apparently, get angry more often at people, but men get angry more often at things when they break down. It could be machines or cars or whatever it is. And in this case, everything broke down. He was angry at the situation as well as Nabal. And Proverbs 16.32 tells us, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is better than one who takes a city. In other words, he needs to take a breath. And it was Abigail, the agent of grace, that was able to communicate that to him in a way he could grasp. Now, typically, there are three causes of anger. We usually get angry when we're hurt physically or emotionally. We get angry when we're frustrated, when nothing seems to work according to our plan. And thirdly, we get angry when we're physically exhausted. And David had been on the run for several months. He was tired. He and his men were hungry. So David fits into all three categories. He was hurt. He was frustrated and he was exhausted. And anger has been likened to a tube of toothpaste. Whatever is inside is going to come out when it's squeezed. And when you're squeezed and pressure is put on you, what's on the inside will come out. Now, once Abigail calmed David down, he realized how blessed by God he had been to have Abigail intervene. And David says to Abigail, because of your wisdom, you stopped me from slaughtering people today and from getting a victory by my own efforts. And Abigail, in a nutshell, warned David, look, don't be a bigger fool than my husband. And in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, we see that there's a connection between ingratitude and foolishness. And there's a warning here. We need to honor God and give thanks to him. Because if we don't, we become vain or futile in our thinking. In the areas where we think we're wise, we're actually fools. Well, let me wrap this up by zeroing in on the question Nabal asked. Should I give my bread and water and meat to men that I don't even know? And the emphasis is on my bread, my water, and my meat. He was very possessive, very greedy. And listen, your wealth is not your own. Nothing is ours. It belongs to God. It's just on loan to us as we walk this earthly journey. And it's up to us to share it with others. And here's the kicker. If you read verse 18, you'll see that everything David requested was already prepared. Because Abigail just grabbed the stuff that was in her pantry. She brought 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep, five big measures of grain, a hundred clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. Now, that was one big pantry, but all of it was ready to eat. 
Nabal didn't have to do a thing. All the work was already done. He was just unwilling to share it with anybody else. And David's anger collided with Nabal's greed. And it wasn't a pretty sight. And let's be honest. We all have to put up with people that make our blood boil. But it would be helpful if we remembered that we're not perfect either. We have done and perhaps continue to do things that make other people hopping mad. And when we get angry at others, remember what Paul says in Ephesians 6, that our struggle isn't against one another, but against the spiritual forces in this world. And Satan would love for us to give full vent to our fury. But James writes that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You can read that. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And because we sometimes struggle to control our anger, God in his mercy sends people like Abigail into our lives. These agents of grace speak calmly to us and help us consider a better way to deal with the situation. Now, the very day Nabal refused to give back to the ones who had befriended him, he held a feast like a king. And when Abigail returned home, Nabal was drunk. So she waited until the next morning to tell him how close David had come to taking revenge on his greediness. And that news caused Nabal's heart to stop momentarily so that he fell into some sort of a coma for the next 10 days. Then God himself ended Nabal's life. And Abigail was absolutely right. God would deal with Nabal in his time and in his way. And there had been no need for David to involve himself in that matter. Now, if you want to dig a little deeper, Nabal's question is really what the Great Commission is all about. Should I give, should I share what I've been given to people that I really don't know? Why aren't we giving and sharing our bread, the bread of life, Jesus, with a starving world? Why aren't we giving, why aren't we sharing our water, the living water, with a thirsty world? It's a great question, isn't it? Should I give to people that I really don't know? The response is up to you, but the answer is obvious. So who are the Abigails God has sent into your life? And are you listening to those agents of grace, as David did? Or are you digging your heels in and justifying why you have the right to be angry. Let me pray with you. Lord, forgive us for not welcoming Abigails and forgive us for not being an Abigail to the people we rub shoulders with every day. Give us the tact and courage that Abigail had. Lord, use us to be peacemakers. Thank you for the hard moments in life because they teach us the importance of maintaining our faith and trust in you. And they teach us to show grace under pressure. And when greed and anger collide, may we respond in a way that honors you. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us if it's been an encouragement to you. Screenshot the episode. 
share it on Facebook or Instagram. Invite a friend to listen in. Give the podcast a positive review. It will help others to find it and listen in. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thank you.